Welcome to Lighthouse Church's Sermon Podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged with today's message. Are we ready to go? Yes, no, maybe so. We even, uh, I started a message yesterday or last week that uh, I didn't really plan on uh, preaching during the Christmas season. As I said, I was a little hesitant to preach it just because of, you know, being the holidays. And I just felt like the Lord said, man, preach. I consulted with some people and I felt like the Lord said I needed to preach it. So if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's about um, the importance of the gathering, importance of the church, and how a lot of what the enemy's doing right now is to uh, stop that from happening. And so as I got done with that, um, I had read a scripture a couple of weeks ago, you know, kind of spoke to me a little bit. And I was just kind of praying over what I should preach. Well, we're getting close to Christmas. I believe today's the 13th. And I'm like, you know, we've got a couple of weeks, so I'll do a couple of Christmas messages. And the Lord said, no, that's not what I have for you. And so I'm going to be preaching a message this morning called The Powerful Delusion. The Powerful Delusion. Uh, I believe it's of the Lord. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I believe it's a powerful message, and I believe it'll minister. I want to start off by saying this, and I, and I ask that all of you, as much as you can, really click in with me to start off because I think this is important. I believe we're living in a season right now like never before where the revelation and the wisdom and the understanding of God is being spoken. Um, I believe that God does not desire for his bride to be in darkness. Somebody say amen, right? If you're living in confusion right now, you have been, uh, I would say this, probably been uh, bit by the enemy a little bit. God doesn't want us to live in confusion. He doesn't want us to live in discouragement. He doesn't want us to live in hopelessness. Hopelessness is not of the Lord. It's of the enemy. And so I want to tell you, I'm going to say this again because I believe this with all of my heart. If you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, that does not mean your physical ears or your physical eyes. If you have eyes to see what the Spirit is seeing, that is a spiritual gift that you have as a Christian, you'll be amazed to see what's going on right now. And God will give us revelation to understand what's going on, and you will have hope. Somebody say hope. Okay. Because if all you're doing is watching with your eyes and listening with your physical ears, it's very easy to get discouraged. Somebody say amen. Right? So we have to be as Christians filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to what God is saying in this hour. I'm hoping this message shed some light on that this morning. Uh, I want to start by welcoming everybody in Facebook land. We have people still quarantining, uh, COVID has been hitting, you know, obviously this area pretty hard. And so we have people that are home. God bless you. We love you. Other people that are watching and will watch later. God bless you. And we love you too. Uh, but I want to start off by making a statement. Everybody in this place, everybody that has ever born, everybody that's ever been born was faced with a choice. And that choice is the most important choice you'll ever face. And that choice is not who you're going to marry, not jo- what job you're going to take, not the what simple decision of buying a car or a house, whatever. The decision is whether you accept the good news of Jesus Christ, okay? So that's the choice everybody was faced with at one point or another. Some people received it right off the bat. Other people rejected it. Some people are still considering it, whatever. If you're here this morning, in most cases, you've accepted it, right? So that's the most important um, uh, decision you've ever made in your life, Right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, and I'm laying groundwork here, so I need you to deposit this stuff into your wallet as I'm speaking to you because it's going to make sense at the end. In 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 3, or 
chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. You've heard me say this many times, but I want to read it to you because it's important. And even if our gospel, whose gospel? Our gospel, it's the gospel that has been given to us through Jesus Christ, right? Is veiled. If it's veiled, it's to those who are perishing. So in other words, this gospel to the unbeliever is veiled. They can't see it. The God of this age, who's that? The devil has blinded. Now listen, what the eyes know, blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Now that's a play on words, right? It doesn't say he's blinded the eyes, it's blinded the mind. Why? Because he's blinded the ability or to comprehend or understand the gospel. And what I mean by saying that is that a savior dying on a cross, being buried, and then on the third day resurrecting does not make sense. It doesn't make sense to the human mind. And we can all say that, right? And so to the natural mind, it's foolishness. And we know the scripture says that. But to those that have been saved, you recognize um, that it's not foolish. I remember the, when I got saved when I was 15 years old. I'll never forget it. It's like my eyes opened up and I realized there was a world out there that I never knew existed. Somebody say amen, right? When you got saved, all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, there this thing going on that I knew nothing about. I was completely blinded. And that's the truth. They're blinded, right? And that's what the Bible says. So basically what has to happen, it takes the Holy Spirit to tear that veil away. Correct? Do you agree with me? It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that will tear that veil away. And it's happened to each one of us that has gotten saved. And we pray that it happens for all those that are unsaved. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. So I need you to track with me closely because I'm going to lay down scriptures that are going to seemingly not have much to, uh, meaning together. But at the end, you'll, you'll recognize it again. Stay with me. Track with me. So in Luke 1, 17, the Bible says this in referring to John the Baptist. He goes, and he, John the Baptist, will go before him, which means Jesus. So, so John the Baptist was going to come on the scene, and we know historically, if you read the Gospels, he came on the scene first, and it says he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah, okay? And what was that power for? It says to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready, say ready, the people, or for the people, for the Lord, for his appearing, right? So John carried the, carried the spirit of Elijah. That doesn't mean that he was Elijah. It means he carried the same anointing that Elijah had. And that anointing, that power on his life was to prepare the way for the Lord. He was to prepare the coming of Jesus. And we know, if you've read scripture, that Jesus finally shows up in John's ministry, baptizing, right, at the River Jordan, and he gets baptized, and from that point on, John says, my ministry must become less because his is going to become greater. We know that. And so he came with that anointing to usher in the Son of God, right? So he preaches a baptism of repentance. If you remember, he says, you know, baptize, repent, bear fruit with repentance. John came to literally break, if I could say it that way, to break the heart of people to repent of their sins, right? So that when Jesus came and preached his message, they would receive it. Now keep all of this in mind. It seemingly doesn't connect, but I'm going to connect it at the end. I want you, if you would, if you have your Bibles, to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 1. 
He's, this is Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. It says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right away, we know what this chapter is going to be about. And our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us. So they had received some kind of letter, some kind of prophecy. Somebody basically, can I say it this way? It was fake news, Right? Whether by prophecy or by the word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So somebody had been telling them that the day of the Lord had already come and it was false. It was fake news. So right away we know this is referring to Jesus' second coming. This is not referring to the rapture where God comes and the church is taken away, where Jesus comes, the church is taken away. This is talking about his actual second coming, okay, after the tribulation. So I'll explain in a second. Verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. Now, you got to catch this. This is important. This is important. There's always times, Carol's moments in God. There's moments when God has designed and put his stamp on the calendar that certain things are going to take place. And he recognizes that. Paul recognizes that and tells the church, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For what? That day. There is a day coming that this is going to take place. Will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed for destruction. Got that? So that day is not going to come until the rebellion occurs. Two things need to take place, he's saying. Now, he gives a, uh, Paul gives this clear depiction. What's the rebellion? I believe, number one, the rebellion is Matthew 24. Again, I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I need you to really follow me this morning. I believe this is what Matthew, in Matthew 24, Jesus was speaking of when he said, listen to this. This is what he's speaking of when he's talking about the end times, the rebellion that's going to take place. So before the Antichrist or the man of lawlessness, because that's what he's talking about, comes on the scene, there's going to be a rebellion. And again, I believe it's found in Matthew 24, verse 9, where it says, Then you'll be handed over, who will Christians, to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, here it is, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Have we ever seen a time when there's so much division, so much hatred, so much betrayal, even in the midst of families? And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness or lawlessness, again, same word usage, the love of most or many will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. How are you going to be saved? You need to learn to stand firm during these days. Come on, somebody. Right, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then Jesus says it. And then the end will come. So I know I'm giving you a lot. Stay with me. Now I'm going back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, referring to this Antichrist, this lawless person, Paul states the following, verse 4. And he will oppose... And will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. He will oppose. He will oppose. You need to get that. He's going to oppose everything that is God. Anything that we worship, he's going to oppose. Should be sinking in a little bit how they've been trying for months to crack down on churches to shut them down. Come on, somebody. 
So he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Verse 5, don't you remember when I was with you, I used to tell you about these things. And now, here it is, verse 6, and now you know what is holding him back. Woo, something's holding back the spirit, this man of lawlessness, so that he may be revealed again, timings of the Lord at the proper time. Verse 7, for the secret power of lawlessness the secret power. Now we got to make a differentiation here. One is the man of lawlessness. And then now he's talking about the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. So what is he saying? The spirit of lawlessness has already been released upon the world, preparing the way for the man of lawlessness. Amen. But no one who now holds it back will continue to do. Listen, so no, let me say it again. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is what? Taken out of the way. I believe that's the rapture. And I'm going to explain a little bit more as I'm going on. So this lawless spirit, the man of lawlessness, can't come on the scene until the one that's holding him back is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, it says, and then after it's taken out of the way, the lawless one or the Antichrist will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. How many people remember a couple months ago that I preached a message on the spirit of lawlessness being released upon the land, right? So listen, here the scripture declares before the Antichrist or the lawless one is revealed, the spirit of lawlessness will be be present preparing the way for him to come. Just like the spirit of Elijah was upon John to prepare prepare the way of the Lord. You need to get that. The spirit of Elijah, the anointing of Elijah was on John, what? To turn the hearts to God. This antichrist or lawlessness spirit is going to turn people's hearts away from God. And that's what's taking place. So stay with me. Stay with me. Okay? So, if this antichrist lawless one is going to do all this, right, which the scripture just said, he's going to do all this, set himself up against God, try to steal worship, then what will the spirit of the antichrist or the lawless one do before he comes? He's going to do the same thing. So we see in the world this turning away from God. Can I tell you that the lawless spirit is at work, right? Now, these next few verses are the next few verses are key, so stay with me. The thing that is holding back the appearance of the Antichrist is referred to in the scripture as the one or he. Now, this is what I believe, and I've done a lot of research on this. I believe it's the Holy Spirit found in you. Let me put it simply: it's the church. This is important. You got to catch this. So the thing or the person that is holding back. The you come on the lawless one the antichrist from appearing is you and I. I need to say it again because you need to let it resonate in your your noggin and then in your heart. The person or the people that is holding back the antichrist is you and I. Maybe that explains why you're a little weary. 
Maybe that explains why some of you are tired. Maybe that explains why some of you want to give up. Maybe that explains why you want to throw your hands up in the air and say it's over. Because you are literally battling every day the spirit of lawlessness that is trying to usher in its king called the Antichrist. And guess what? You are the last line of protection from keeping that to take place. That's a lot. That's heavy. Man, that's heavy. You're in a battle. I think you need to wake up. I think right now what's happened is people in the church, and and you know I've been talking about this for several months now, you need to stay tuned into the spirit. As I started off tonight, you need to stay tuned into the spirit or else you're going to be sucked into the vortex of the spirit of lawlessness that's going to suck every ounce of life out of you and make you feel there's no hope. Can I be honest with you? I said this, and Dustin's going to preach next week. I believe 2021 is going to be the best year for the church ever. I honestly believe that with all of my spirit, with all of my heart. Why? Because as darkness rises, so does the light. So, listen, we're in his way. Oh, i got to say it a different way. We're not just a bump in the road. We're a wall. And so if right now you're sitting there and you're hopeless and you're sitting there looking at the the election and looking at different things and you're just like, oh, there's no hope. I'm telling you, you've bought into the lie. The lawless spirit is speaking to you. Tell it to shut up. Because God already told us this is going to take place. He revealed to us that this stuff is going to take place. So what do we do? We take our place Filled with the Holy Spirit and say, guess what? I'm positioned correctly. You can't do nothing until God says. And at that time, I'm going to be taken out of the way. That's why it's so important. Oh, man, I can't say this enough. That's why it's so important. If this is Scripture's true, which God spoke it, I didn't. That the church, the Holy Spirit in us, is the one that's holding back this Antichrist from appearing. If that's true, and that means that we're in a battle, which it is, how much more important is it that we keep getting together, that we pray together, that we worship together, that we pray for one another, that we keep in contact with one another? The devil would like nothing more than for you to isolate yourself, get yourself out there by yourself, and he'll just continue to pound you and tell you that life isn't worth living. Come on, somebody. At the best, he'll tell you that you've got to take it into your own hands. And I don't know about you, but I've done that a few times in my life, and it always ends up a wreck. You and I, the church, are standing in the way of this taking place. It's a battle. We need to wake up. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless, no, lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. This is all describing so much what's happening in our time, time right now. This, this lawless one that's going to come is in accordance with how Satan works. So you need to catch this, please. I know, I, I know I'm like beating you over the head with it, but if this is how this lawless one is going to come in accordance with Satan, then how is the lawless spirit that's already been released operating according to Satan? The coming of this lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. The Antichrist will operate in signs and wonders. When he comes on the scene, he's going to deceive more and more people. That's why we never put the stamp of approval on a minister because they can do signs and wonders. Come on, somebody. 
Signs and wonders aren't the stamp of approval that God's working in their life. What is? The fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not signs and wonders. Now, all that to preach my message. Verse 10. They perish because they refused, they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Verse 11. For this reason, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe what? The lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. What is the lie? The lie is celebrating wickedness. You need to get this. I'm going to say this to you. You got to catch this. Just as finally God finally gave Pharaoh over to the desires of his heart to try to destroy the people of, of Israel. Just as God in Romans chapter 1 gave people over to the desires of their heart for lustful sexual relations. Come on, somebody. Just as God eventually gave Judas over to do, even betray the Son of God himself, God finally will relent with people if they push hard enough and and let them have what they want. It's important. And in having what they want, they will enter into a powerful delusion. You need to catch this. I believe we're living in this time as we speak. How many times have you turned on your TV, you've read an article, and you literally, after reading it, go, oh my gosh, are these people delusional? Yes. Yes, they are. You see, what's happened is people are confronted with the truth. The gospel, the salvation message, truth, the word of God is presented to them. They willfully reject it. When I say willfully reject it, they mock it. There's a difference between wondering, ah, I don't know if this is true. You know, when the first time the gospel was given to me, I was like, oh, I'm not sure this is true. This is kind of hokey. I mean, it was like six months of someone speaking to me, and I was just like, nah, you know, I don't think so. That's nah, not for me. You guys do your wild little thing. I'm going to stay over here doing my little thing. I'm a good person, right? It's one thing for people to be kind of like, I'm not sure about it, be questioning. It's another thing to willfully, somebody, come on, somebody hear what I'm saying, willfully and almost joyfully reject the truth, to mock the truth. Oh, come on, I'm speaking now. To sit there and celebrate evil. Now catch this. What happens, this is my opinion. I believe this is what's happening. We're seeing. We're seeing the truth, the gospel being preached. Those that are blinded by the enemy, as I read in 2 Corinthians 4.4, they're blinded by the God of this age, right? They're blinded. They get the truth. Some see it. Some see the veil torn away, just like everyone in this place had the veil torn away, and we got saved. But there's those that sit there and know the truth. They see it, and the Bible says they reject it. See, there's something about that word rejection, you ever been rejected in your life? It's not just saying no. It's a full force. I don't want anything to do with you. And they reject the truth. And what happens is finally God, I believe, just relents and says, have at it. And what takes place, I believe, in that time, get this, and this is what we're seeing around this country, around this world, is people 
willfully rejecting the truth and then walking into this thing called a powerful delusion where right becomes wrong, wrong becomes right, evil is celebrated, truth is condemned. You as a Christian are called narrow-minded, bigoted, sexist, everything under the sun, and yet every other kind of sin is broadcast as if it's the normal way of living. Come on, somebody. That's called a powerful delusion. Some of you need to catch this because you're sitting there looking at what's happening around this country, specifically in our country, and we're sitting there going, I don't understand. How can they not see it? Wake up. It's a powerful delusion. You see, what the Holy Spirit does, come on, I'm speaking to somebody this morning, what the Holy Spirit does in us through the church, you know what he does very good? He convicts. As a Christian, you ever done something you're not supposed to do and it just, it's like on your shoulder, you're sitting there the whole time going, I shouldn't have done that. It's just driving you nuts. I got to make it right. You ever, you know, yell at somebody or do something you shouldn't have done and you just, you maybe you just blew it. Maybe you yelled at your spouse and said some nasty words you weren't supposed to say and you're just like, oh my gosh, I really blew it. And the whole time you're sitting there and that conviction inside of you, it's the Holy Spirit saying, make it right, make it right. I don't want to make it right too bad. It's not about you. Make it right. You make it right. That's what the Holy Spirit does. As the body of believers, guess what you do in this world? You're constantly bringing conviction to ungodly lifestyles. So when non-Christians get around you, they're like, do you ever notice that? When, when, when people found out I was a Christian at work, I'd walk into the break room and they'd go, oh, 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 we can't swear anymore. I never asked them not to swear. Tell your dirty jokes. I could care less. But they're also, we can't, we can't do that anymore. We can't, we can't, you know, oh, the Christians in the room. Don't kid yourself. That's, you know, like you say, it's a little bit of mocking, but there's a level of respect there too. Because what I usually found out is they would laugh at me and make fun of me. Oh, well, you know, whatever. But when they had a problem, guess who they came to? See, that's what the Holy Spirit in the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to convict the world of its sin. But what happens is when they willfully reject all truth, there's a point where I believe their conscience is seared and they no longer have the ability to be convicted. And that's when all of a sudden you see displays of wickedness like you've never seen before. I I mean, let's be honest, you can't even turn on the TV right now and not see sin being celebrated from the mountaintops. So the spirit of lawlessness that was released even in Paul's time that I believe is gaining time or gaining energy and gaining impact right now has been released against this entire world. And there's those that are seriously just have rejected the truth completely, bought the lie and they've come under this delusion. And I want to tell you right now, you need to catch this because I started off by saying it, quit trying to reason with them. You're wasting your energy. You're, waste, you're casting your pearls before swine. Where Jesus said, don't waste your time giving the pearl that you have to people that aren't going to listen. Quit doing it. Number two, quit sitting there wondering why you're so discouraged. Are you serious? I sometimes I wonder if Christians even read their Bibles. Read the Bible. The Bible's very clear in the last days. We're going to face tribulations like we never faced tribulations. People, as Jesus said, are going to hate you, not because of who you are, but because of who you represent, Jesus, because of me, he says. The Bible says even families are going to come against each other. They're going to betray each other. 
I want to ask you, should it surprise you that people are betraying one another right now, that people are hating one another, that there's so much division in this country? No, it should not surprise you. Why? Because God told us it was going to take place. And we're now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe this in the last few years, we're now seeing where people are willfully, willfully celebrating the rejection of the gospel. And in that, they receive the strong delusion, which is now taking place where I heard somebody say this. You could literally show somebody a dead body and they would look at it and not believe that that person's dead. That's how that you can put truth right in front of their face, right in front of their face, and they'll still reject it because they're under delusion. They're under delusion. Can I, can I speak to somebody this morning and say, if you're all down and discouraged because Trump apparently looks like he's not going to win, oh, are you serious? Last time I checked, he isn't Jesus. The Holy Spirit's still inside of you. He still has plans for you. He still has plans for this body. He still has plans for the bodies of Christ in this region. He's still going to work his work and his, do his plan according to his purposes. Somebody say amen. Though thick darkness covers the earth, the glory of the Lord will rise and shine upon thee. In the midst of the thick darkness, the glory is going to come. We need to disconnect ourselves, our umbilical cords, from the TV and the media and from what people are saying, even Facebook. Get off it and connect it to the word of God and you'll be surprised how encouraged you become. How encouraged you become. I mean, and, and, and you'd say, well, you know, pastor, you just don't, I, I do understand. I was you, if you're discouraged and down, I was you probably two or three months ago. I was you sitting there watching the media, reading, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I got done, I wanted to jump off a cliff. So discouraging, right? Oh my gosh, this world's going to hell. There's no one that loves you anymore, Lord, and it's only me. I felt like Elijah, right, in the cave. Oh, there's only me, God. There's only me. No one else loves you. Oh, what are we going to do? It's amazing when I disconnected to that and disconnected to the word, all of a sudden I'm like, there's hope. Actually, these are good times. Oh, God promised, man, some crazy good things are going to take place these last days. Man, I tell you, yeah, well, are we going to go through some stuff? Yeah, but that's cool. In the midst of it, we're going to see God be glorified. Great outpouring of a spirit. Rise, shine, for the light has come. And so I sit here and I'm like, we can be encouraged. We can actually, are supposed to be encouraged. Can you imagine, if you ever put together, you've heard me tell this story before, but one time we made the mistake of buying our kids one of those big wooden swing sets. And I say a mistake because I decided, because I am absolutely not handy at all, that I would put it together. It took me two Saturdays, complete Saturdays. It was the most frustrating thing. Ended up with extra bolts and stuff, and I said, I don't care. If they fall and break an arm, I'm done. Don't care. But that came with instructions. I can't imagine if it did not come with instructions. I'm not even good enough to start where that thing should have started. But see, that's what the Bible does. The Bible gives us instructions of all that's going to take place so that we're prepared. We're prepared. We know what's taking place. So I say it again. If you're watching TV, I'm not saying to turn it off. If you're reading articles, I'm not saying to quit reading them. But when you read them and you sit there and go, oh, my gosh, these people are delusional, go, yeah, that's pretty much what Scripture said was going to take place. The latest thing out in Texas, that representative wants to take away the guns of homeowners and let the people that are stealing have guns because they need to protect themselves. And they probably need your things more than, yeah, it's, it's out there. Yeah, so you sit there and go, oh, my gosh, it's delusional. Yeah, it's delusional. That's true. 
It's delusional. They're delusional. They have bought into the lie. They bought into the lie. So what do we do? I'm going to end with this. What do we do? Do we just throw our hands up and say this is the way it's going to be? First thing you need to do is get connected to the word of God again. Encourage yourself because you're doing nobody any good being stinking down and depressed. That's a good word. I'm telling you, I could have prophesied that. You're doing nobody good being discouraged and depressed. The spirit of the living God, oh, come on, I'm speaking to somebody, is inside of you, and you yourself is causing this lawless man to not show up on the scene. That's That's quite a bit of power. That's quite a bit of power. We're stopping the Antichrist from coming until Jesus says it's time. I'm telling you what, that's power, somebody. Quit being discouraged, get encouraged, connect somewhere, say, God, what do you want me to do? And you'll be surprised to see that even in this last day, there are thousands, if not millions of people yet to be saved. Thousands, yet millions yet to be touched by God. There are tons of people out there that are sitting there trying to feel their way through life because they're blinded. Let's get out there and rip the veils out of, off their eyes. And what do we do about the people that have bought into the lie and that have completely just slid into... You know what we do? We put them in God's hands. And we say, God, break that spirit of delusion off of them in Jesus' mighty name. That's all we can do. You're not going to reason with them. You can present them truth and they're not going to receive it. But I tell you what, there's something about the Holy Spirit that is able to penetrate every man's heart. There's something about the word of God that is alive, that's able through the Holy Spirit to pierce and divide even to the soul of man. So we just pray. We pray God, break the delusion off of them. I want to end by saying this. Dustin's going to preach on this next week. 2021, and I'm telling you, I'm prophesying this to you, hear this, is going to be the best year this church has ever experienced. I'm not just saying that to puff you up. I'm telling you what I sense in my spirit. Because I actually, it's probably been four months ago, we shut off TV, right? We shut off Fox News and all those other, we just shut it off because we could not handle it anymore. I'm sorry, I cannot watch a program when I get done feel like I just want to jump off a cliff. I can't do it anymore. It's better just not to. And that's me. If you can handle it and you can like, go for it. Do your thing. But if you're being discouraged right now, I'm asking you, are you connected to the word of God? And so I just made a decision four months ago. I connect to the Holy Spirit, and God's been speaking to me, and he's been giving me these messages, and I'm sitting there every single week just excited, more excited about what's coming, more excited about what's coming. Come on. More excited about what's coming. So I want to tell you what's coming. This is what we're going to do as a church. Starting the first of the year, we're going to start a 21-day fast. And some of you are like, oh, my God, I'm going to die in two days. No, I'm not asking you to fast for 21 days. I'm not asking you to do that. But we're going to have somebody in this church fasting every single day for 21 days. We're going to start the year off powerfully. Come on. Prayer and fasting. Every Wednesday night, the first three Wednesday nights, I think it's the 6th, the 13th, and the 20th, if I'm right. First three Wednesday nights, we are going to meet together here to pray corporately and have worship and prayer. It's going to be like a mini harp and bowl, but it's just going to be real laid back, miniature. We're just going to seek the face of the Lord because we want to, listen, you know what I felt like the Lord was saying as I was praying this morning? He's like, I'm tired of you guys putting cruise control on. Get the cruise control off, push the pedal to the metal, to the floor, and launch into 2021. And so the first 21 days of the year, what we're going to do is we're launching ourselves 
into 2021, prayer and fasting. And then what we're going to do, the Bible app for this coming year, most of you are connected to that. A lot of you are you know, doing that. We're going to do the Bible app again, but we're going to do it differently. What we're going to do is we're going to do the New Testament four times. We're not even going to touch the Old Testament. Some of you were so burned out by the Old Testament that I didn't think I was going to ever see you again. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with Matthew, go through Revelation four times. For the year. So we're just going to be doing the New Testament. That's what the Bible app reading is going to be. So we're going to get you connected. We're going to start off strong and we're going to have this, this you know, trajectory where we just keep going up and keep going up and keep going up. I want to tell you, please be encouraged. I can't say this enough. Be encouraged because I see some of you, I sense some of you are really discouraged right now. You, you, you're, you're like overwhelmed because of what's going on. Listen, listen. This was prophesied 2,000 years ago that it was going to take place. It's taking place. We get to see it, but we also get to be a part of it. Come on. Nothing more exciting. Amen. Stand at your feet if you would, please. Amen, amen, amen. Powerful delusion. Powerful delusion. Let's bow our heads. If you'd hit the lights, whoever's back there, man, that'd be awesome. We're just going to pray real quick. And then I'm going to release you people. Make sure you get your gift certificates too before you leave. Father, I pray for this church in particular. I pray, Father, that they would see and understand what's happening. That the situation is not hopeless that your word is true or it's as greater as he that is in us than he that is in the world. That, Father, if, if we're acting like we're hopeless, it's because we're buying into that spirit of delusion. We're buying into that lawlessness. We're buying into the enemy that is declaring that there is no hope. God, I stand upon your word. I choose to stand upon your word that says that the church will see some of its greatest times in these last days. The church We'll stand tall in these last days. We'll see the spirit of God upon us and moving through us in these last days. And God, I just speak to every person that's discouraged, every person that's feeling weak, every person that's just feeling hopeless. I pray right now a disconnection from the spirit of delusions, disconnection from this lawless spirit and a connection to the word of God, to the Holy Spirit. Uh, revitalize their bones, Father. Revitalize their spirit, Father. Encourage them. Let them know that this was all according to your plan. There's nothing new under the sun and that you have it worked out and that you're going to work through the body of Christ like never before. I pray, Father, those, Father, that are, are considering connecting or wondering if they should connect to a body and or, or hesitating, I pray that, Father, they get connected to the body of Christ because there's encouragement that comes where two or three are gathered. Father, there's encouragement that comes when we speak and declare blessing over each other, when we pray over each other. I pray right now, Father, for a hedge of protection over every person here, over every marriage, over every family, over every child, every finances. I pray, Father, and I just, I don't pray it in hope, I pray it in faith that the 2021 is going to be a great year for everybody. Father, this church is going to see immense success, immense success in the kingdom. I speak blessing and encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. For more information on our church, check out our Facebook page or our website, www.lighthousecanton.com. Have a great week.